Welcome to podcast 146 of Five Star Potential, your weekly football manager podcast. I'm Matt, and on this week's pod, we'll have some save updates. We're building a tactic uh, live, slash not quite live, but never mind. We'll talk streaming showdown, and there's, of course, a quiz. But before we do all of that, let's see who I'm joined by this week. Joseph, welcome. Hello, Matthew. Hello. I quite like the pause. I was like, oh, no. I don't know how this is going to go, but thank you very much. Welcome. Uh, Dupe, hello, sir. It's great to be back, Matt. <laughs> you can't steal everything from Joe. And David, hello. Evening, Chiefs. Chiefs. There, that's, Chiefs. A, that's, a, that's a Dave as a party original right there. And running us off is Mr. Kurt Diz. Hello. Hello. Before, before we go any further, sorry, Matt, just a nut no, in. Um... It's been a while since it's just been like almost the original five, by the way. Like, that's no dig on her, but like, this is, I, I get a bit of deja vu here. Like, this is nice. It's a nice warm feeling I've got here tonight, which means it's going to be a shit pod. Carry on. <laughs> Mark yes. that to edit that bit out. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You won't. <laughs> yeah, maybe. It depends what it sounds like in the edit. Anyway, uh, save updates, gentlemen, please. Dupe, you've interjected twice already, so you can start off. With your save update, please. Palermo. We're now just gone into season seven. Uh, season six finished with us in the Coppa Italia final against Lazio, who we have beaten the season bef- uh, in the season that's just gone. Unfortunately, we went one nil up very early in, and then conceded quite a controversial penalty, to be honest, and then quite a good strike, and then a very good goal at the end. So we lost three one. Which is annoying because it would have given us Europe. I think we we're probably a little bit early for Europe, but it would have given us Europe and a bit of more clout, a bit of a bit more money. So that would have been quite good. So we are still in season seven, uh, pre-season. We've brought in a couple of wonder kids. We've tried to bring in some older names, i.e., Messi. Um, he didn't. He just didn't want it. He was still at thirty-eight. He still wanted something stupid like forty-five or fifty grand a week, um, which I just I didn't fancy paying that amount to be honest. Um, we tried to get Verratti in, and he didn't want it. So basically, we're back to Lone FC. Um, looking forward to another season in Syria, and hopefully, fingers crossed, we should um, we should be able to build on what we've done last season and and see if we can get back up in and maybe get the uh, Europa League spot, spot um, easily. Um, to be fair to Messi, it's only like 10% of what he's on now, isn't it? Or even less than. Um, yeah, we are talking seven years in the future, though. What um, What were you planning on doing with him? Oh, Basically, just, just that, taking him out on a date, um, walking him along the park. Uh, I wanted to play him as a... As a, as, uh, as, as a striker. It's just a man that sit at the top. Uh, no, to be honest, I wanted him to get him in and pay him cheap to then get him on my my coaching team so I'd have Messi and Ronaldo on my coaching team, which would have been quite nice. Uh, but I wanted to play... I was thinking about playing him as an ungonch as well. That would have been quite nice. Uh, he hasn't really got the leg for, legs for anything else. Uh, uh, um, an ungonch doesn't suit your system, son, does it? Uh, we, we, we're trying to throw people off the scent for the streamer showdown. We play with an ungonch, all right? That's what we play with. And a Roman playmaker. And I've just realised this comes out on Monday after the stream of showdown, so that's pointless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it, man. Lovely. Uh, Kurt Dizzle. Hertha. I mean, I know you realise I realise you haven't really had a chance to stream too much this week because you've been busy uh, rebuilding the office, but have you had a chance to play anything offline or anything sort of progressing since we spoke about it last week? Not really. I... Um... Yeah, as you as you mentioned, I've been kind of sorting out my office a little bit. Um, got a new desk delivered, so I've kind of gutted everything, cleaned out the PC, which was overdue, and uh, I'm just sorting that stuff out, ready for uh, ready for a comeback next week. So, as people are listening to it, hopefully this week. Um, but I played a little bit of AZ offline, still cracking on with that a little bit. Um, although I did lose to Feyenoord the other day, which was a little bit annoying. Uh, I haven't told Herb yet because he's a twat. Um, <laughs> but no, I haven't. I haven't played a lot of FM this week, unfortunately. But next week we'll be we'll be back on it, back on it. 
Lovely stuff. David, I mean, what? where do we start? Uh, yeah, we had, a, we had a heartbreak at the weekend. Um, I can't remember whereabouts we were. I think we had the we were in the quarterfinals, I think, when we did the pod last time. Maybe the round of 16. Um, so I think the, the run of events were that we had a quarterfinal uh, against Inter, our old club, uh, which we, we beat fa- fairly comfortably in the uh, quarterfinal. Uh, we then played Spurs in the semi-final. Uh, we were 1-0 down after the first leg away. And I was I was upset. I thought, you know what, well, we we were going to be knocked out there and then. And everyone says, you know, although you've lost, it's not a bad result away from home. And we smashed them uh, at home in the end. So we got through to the final, which made quite a big event of on Sunday. Playing against Barcelona, of course, in an El Clasico match. Um, we'd beaten them twice previously. So we played them in the Super Cup and beat them in the final of that and then beat them in the league. So I was pretty confident going into the game. Uh, A few hiccups uh, to start off. Uh, I picked my team uh, and then was meant to quick pick the substitutes and it quick picked the team and I clicked continue. So I had a team that I didn't actually pick start the game. Uh, We won a penalty about half an hour in, missed that, which was a nightmare. And then finally we took the lead sort of about 20 minutes into the second half. And I thought that was it. I thought we'd done it. Uh, We're going into stoppage time, 91st, 92nd minute. And then Barcelona go through on goal. Our goalkeeper saves it and they score the rebound. So a bit of a nightmare. And then they went and won it in extra time. So uh, the support for that stream was mad. So we stuck with Real Madrid. We've gone through it this week at the time of recording. Um, I'm about three quarters of the way into the season. I'm currently in the Champions League quarterfinal. Just beating PSG 8-0 on aggregate in the first knockout round, beating them 2-0 away and then beat them 6-0 at home. Uh, and we've just been drawn against Liverpool who knocked me out as Inter manager twice. So I'm hoping that I can get some sort of revenge on them. But fingers crossed if all goes to plan, I think in tomorrow, which is Friday's stream, I want to try and get the quarters. And if we get through that, the semi's done. And then possibly a lunchtime final on one of the days before the streamer showdown. So, uh, yeah, fingers crossed if all goes to plan. I've said this for the last six weeks. The Pentagon might be done this time next week. <laughs> <laughs> You're becoming a meme, Dave. I know. A bit, a bit of a meme, yeah. Uh, Porky. What's the news on Porky? Oh, yeah. I went for him. Um, it, it was really weird. So I had a, I had a good team. Uh, we had a new... Right after the final, we had a new president come in. I've had it happen a few times where the president, as part of their campaign... Uh, agrees to sign two players um, and he'd agreed to sign Ponikarov, who was a Russian striker I had at Inter and some German winger who I didn't really need to be honest he's a good player but I didn't really need him um, so he'd signed both of them which equated to about 150 million but that didn't come out of my budget so I still had a lot of money left so I spent it in a couple of in a couple of areas and in January we still had over 100 million left so I wanted another striker so we we're looking at to Porkovic who was a bagsman that we had at Inter and some other guy as well. Um, But in the summer, I tried to sign a guy called Pepe from Arsenal and I offered, no word of a lie, with a little bit of instalments as well, I offered £350 million to sign this guy and they wouldn't even negotiate it. They were rejecting it straight up. And it happened with Tepokovic, every striker or every good player we signed because they didn't really need the money. They were just rejecting big bids straight away. 150 million, I think I went to for Tepokovic and they rejected that as well. So I just left the squad as it was. I didn't really want to sign players for the sake of it. So uh, the squad is as it was really. Dave, um, Mrs. Stoop has asked if you could hurry up and win it because she's bored with this bus being parked on our drive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, I, I'm um, hoping it. Yeah, I'm hoping it'll be this weekend. But unlucky man, it was it was a great spectacle to watch. And I tell you one thing: if you haven't seen it, go back and watch it on Dave's VOD. He also has done like a brilliant little intro, like an advert for it. It was it was a great little trailer. So GG for that, Dave. It's it's also on YouTube, but unfortunately for anyone living in Sweden, it is banned because it caught some of the uh, some of the background music. <laughs> to be fair, you could just send them the music and they could put it together themselves. Go on, yeah. sorry, that was bad. <laughs> it was terrible. It was terrible. Um, oh, I only just got it. It took me a while to get it. Yeah. Sorry, IKEA jokes for anyone listening. He's yeah. putting that joke together himself. Yeah. Um, Dave, you forgot to mention about Pepe. Yeah, there's that's what we There's a backstory. Oh yeah, so yeah, so the the guy that I bid up to like three hundred and fifty million for, I saw him, and he he just looked very good for our system. Um, and then I checked his history, and he played for Corinthians. And I'm sure I was like, I'm sure that's about the time I used to play him, 
like I was their manager. I checked the favoured personnel, and I'm his favoured personnel as well. So it it just made sense. I think I checked back on some of my old videos when I was managing Corinthians. I saw he was playing right wing and stuff like that. I had a couple of games at striker. But yeah, it would have been it would have been perfect to bring him in, really. But as I say, I think we've been about 150 million up front, 200 million in instalments, and they still weren't having it, which is ridiculous, really. But I'm happy enough with the squad. Um, in today's stream, you know, going into the sort of late part of the season, we've started to kick up a bit of form. So fingers crossed, uh, all being well, we can we can get to a Champions League final again. Got the ticks, hopefully, Joseph. Have pass. you had any chance to <laughs> pass? <laughs> Zero football manager this week. Busy being admin man mm. and general life man this week. I've been busy this week. Yeah, I've been a busy he boy. <laughs> uh, I'll move on to myself then. Um, so you can have in my case time, you Matt. haven't seen it. Oh, cheers, Jay. It, I mean, uh, to be fair, I we're going to fucking really need progressed it. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't really progressed that far into the save. Imagine my shock, or your shock, alternatively. Uh, so uh, last week, I was sort of promising or suggesting that my save might finally be ready, and it was, and I actually had the video out on Friday. As I said, I think this is the first time I've ever kept to any form of suggestion that I might be putting something out. So um, pat on the back for myself there for actually sticking to something for once. Um, that video went down really well, and I'm from just everyone, and so I'm kind of blown away by the general support for something that uh, won't have picked up on the YouTube algorithm or anything like that. Uh, there was a TIFO segment in there um, by FIFO, their their cousin or something, which uh, TIFO themselves liked, which was always great. And so we finally got the save started in earnest on the following stream, and I've streamed three times now. What you so, so that's... Uh, kind of scary as well uh, we've finished pre-season into our first two league games in 131 years I've said that a lot so I feel like I'm repeating myself quite frequently um, but we've won both quite convincingly as well playing the the tactic that I've kind of set out pretty pretty basic 4-3-3 uh, with a, a DM uh, with the halfback kind of uh, paying homage to the past where halfbacks were quite prevalent or at least just starting to become a, a big a big part in in sort of late nineteenth century football, so I wanted to keep one. Um, so first match was two one, and then the second one was four one with some absolute boom honkers of goals. Uh, it's taken a while to sort of formulate the squad, and I think it's going to change quite a lot over the over the seasons whilst we are in the lower leagues because we can abuse non contract terms for well as much as possible. Uh, we've had a few really good players sort of poached from underneath us by much higher clubs offering them actual contracts before the season even started. So that's a bit galling, but. Uh, adjusting well to life at lower league uh, and we're about to play I think uh, on tomorrow's stream which will now sort of lead into Monday uh, Monday stream sort of when this is out we're about to play our first match in the FA Cup for 130 odd years so that's uh, another another big thing it's only the preliminary rounds which didn't exist uh, when they last played in it but considering they are former FA Cup winners this is a, a big part of sort of reimagining re the history even so looking forward to actually uh, well carrying on really I think now now I've hit the season and got most of the, the team set up I think uh, we'll be able to kick on a little bit more taking a bit of time to sort of learn the players and understand how they fit into the system and who's worth keeping and who's not. So I think there's a fair amount of, of pushing and shoving and rotating players in and out. But at the moment, we've got a really set, relatively settled team. I'm just looking for two central midfielders um, to bulk out some of the ageing legs that we've got there at the moment. Matt, are you, um, what is the, like, the end goal of this? Are we just like looking to have a bit of fun with it or are you looking to try and get to the top? And second part of the question is, are you, is it solely online or are you playing a bit offline to try and, because your game speed is so slow, that's not a dig, but are you trying to, so you can progress it quicker, are you playing it offline as well? I'm trying not to play it offline, uh, like, because I haven't played, like I'm into the, really into the save at the moment, so it's difficult not to, so I'm, what I'm trying to do is either stop the stream in a point, at a point where I've just had a match, so I've got a, a few days to do like scouting and uh, recruitment and stuff in between but to answer the the other question about aims it's one sort of thing i kind of glossed over a bit in the the introductory video which 
on in hindsight, I should have made a bit more clear. So I guess like in with the title, it's sort of Ghost of Rovers Past. It's basically get or do better than Rovers did. Uh, so Rovers have a a very obvious, and that's Blackburn Rovers. If you're not aware, I didn't say it was actually with Blackburn Olympic, but it's Blackburn Olympic is the team that I've resurrected. Um, Blackburn Rovers have. Although not recently, have won the FA Cup six times in total. It might be four. I can't remember. I should know that. Um, but it's it's all sort of pre. <laughs> well, it's very early history, at least in the FA Cup. So the the I guess the objective is to at least match and then better what what Rovers have achieved uh, over their over their sort of existence, and uh, see how quickly we can we can do it. Really, I guess in the in the in- initial period. Uh, and then winning the FA Cup, so it, it becomes part of that. So I think that's that's answered your question. It has. Thank you, Matt. Thank you for your time. So we all know you love a tactics podcast, and this week we thought we'd build our own rather than replicating a famous one, and we've decided that a counter-attacking system could be quite fun. So we'll start as we always do. Uh, has anyone built a counter-attacking system? And if you have, what was the reasoning behind it? David. Yeah, I had a um, shock with Wolves. I had a counter-attacking <laughs> system. Um, mainly because I knew I'd, I had that quality all over the pitch, really. But I knew I probably didn't have enough firepower at the time to score a lot of goals. And Wolves play quite counter-attacking in real life anyway. Uh, so the sort of system I used was similar to how Wolves play. We've obviously roles are a bit different, really. But I played a 5-3-2. So three centre-backs, two wing-backs, three central midfielders and two strikers. Um, and that got me top four in the first season. Um, this was before the winter update, so I don't know how that would work as such now. But yeah, I found counter-attacking with that, especially with five at the back and using wingers as your width worked extremely well for me. And I know a lot of people have probably had joy with, with five at the back as well. Yeah, I mean, when Palermo got promoted to the, the Syria, uh, we realised we are going to be coming up with some really big teams. So what we did was we, we kind of... When we played the bigger teams, we we made it a bit more counter-attacking. We we sat back a little bit, we dropped it, and we played the the more direct ball over. The halfback would then sit a bit deeper, play very similar to a five at the back as the halfback does, uh, and we just got pacey strikers. Um, we got a our halfback was very good at distribution. He'd like to to, to try a long ball, and um, yeah, I mean it wasn't solely based to be a counter-attacking. Uh, system when I first created it, but it was easily morphed, um, and and that's why I quite like that diamond. You can kind of you can move it into all sorts of all sorts of things if you wish to. Isn't everyone has counter on their tactic now though? Don't they? I think like it's almost universal. Everyone starts with a counter and a counter press. I yeah, know. I think it depends on. Sorry, Dave. I, I, I think sorry? it depends on what you're trying to do. Well, no, I, um, I appreciate that, but what? But it seems to be like the go-to. But that's the thing. Like it, it's a. I think because how the game has changed, like previously, like counter has been a, like a tick box, like historically, and that it's sort of almost returned to that. But then, um, before, uh, well, FM twenty the when they or when they renamed how the systems work it was kind of the only way you could have a proper counter work or to, for a counter attack to be enabled was that you had to select like the the counter strategy because it's the only way the only option of having a counter sort of being there like as in the team will look to to counter more frequently than than otherwise but you could kind of you could kind of do that with mentality as well. So even even if you didn't have counter selected, by having like an attacking mentality, you're 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 asking your players to risk more anyway. So like in those transition periods where there's an opportunity to to break, um, players would players would still do that even if they were on an attacking mentality. I know on I think on counter, um, if if like a counter attack became available, like effectively players mentalities went to 20 didn't they or something um so you'd get that those quick breakaways but you could you could kind of work around it on other mentalities as well i, I was going to say like i know a lot of people play with counter now but a lot of people still use high especially when you're higher and a stronger team they still use counter but still have a higher defensive line i think the difference was when i i was managing walls was 
that I actually sat quite deep and almost absorbed the pressure. And then when we got the ball, obviously we 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 broke forward. So I think a lot of people, like you say, a lot of people do use counter, but an actual counter-attacking tactic within theory would be that you're sort of defending them for the majority of the game, and whenever you get the ball, you you know you, you like to break quickly forward. Yeah, I guess in the in the truest sense of the word. Yeah, yeah. I guess we're talking about a slight like a lower mm. defensive line. Yeah, well, then... I get where you're coming from because everyone, a lot of probably eight or nine times out of ten people do have that ticked on their tactics. I mean, I've... I guess it's yeah. Sorry, sorry. no, go on. I was going to say, I think there's perhaps been a bit of like a, a an historical shift with with sort of real world tactics now whereby you've got sort of almost microcosms of different forms of counter-attacking so you have the gegenpressing style of counter-attacking um or the sort of the sari-esque uh sort of counter-pressing but then you've got the more traditional sort of defensive mind of uh of counter-attackings uh counter-attacking with like like dave said about with wolves but then you could, i guess you could argue that ferguson played counter-attacking at United. Uh, he very much didn't necessarily play so deep and, and his formation sort of transformed over, over the years. But the, I think how counters uh, or how countering has, has changed, sort of particularly with Gegenpress and has changed the perception of countering. And I think what we've sort of just seen there is that, Curtis, you've gone straight for sort of the more the more aggressive version of a counter, i.e. winning the ball high up the pitch versus sort of a more defensively minded sort of this, we're only going to get one chance this game, we've got to take it sort of. Well, yeah, I'm just trying to sort of define what what we're talking about because obviously, like I say, ticking the counter and counter press box almost seems to be default these days for a lot of players. Um, Like if we're talking about counter attacking in in the sort of the slightly more traditional sense, uh, then... I've tried for the last sort of two or three connotations of football manager to to play a deeper line uh, and play counter attacking football, and it it's just a lot harder. I think you have there's a lot more in game management when you when you're setting up to effectively absorb pressure um, because ultimately you're watching highlights where a lot of the time you don't you don't have the ball and that's difficult not to react to. So you, you, you kind of you you either have to tinker with it a lot or you trust the system and trust that you win more games than you than you don't. Um but it's it's a very, very hard it's a very, very hard system to get right in FM, I think. It, it, the game seems to reward those higher pressing, higher line sort of you know, faster tempo uh tactics. It seems to be the case anyway. But without sort of drifting too far away from the question, I guess real life has kind of gone like that. I say we've we've seen we've seen cops tactics sort of almost take over football a little bit, certainly in the past ten years, where sort of a, a high counter press has become very, very successful. And so I guess you would kind of expect the same in FM. Yeah, but to be rewarded. Yeah, but I mean it took him two you know, two or three years to revamp the squad and get the right players in whereas uh, you know the the kind of the preset gagan press is a relatively decent tactic straight out of the box almost ir- you know ir- irrespective of of your squad i would argue kev says yes <laughs> uh, right so if we move on then to sort of what do we think is sort of the, the best default shape and we'll use this as sort of an open interpretation of, of counter-attacking what what do you think the best shape is for winning the ball back whether it's low low down or high up the pitch i think um, i think in a, in a counter for me i've only really had a counter-attacking system work very well with with said dm in my personal opinion, and what for, for what my personal use of it, so I would say there need to be a DM in there. Now, obviously, the, uh, it's not the question. Uh, the question is what kind of uh, full system, but I would or the full shape. I, but I would still say the DM for me would be important. Now, you need to have some pace up top, so maybe some wingers out wide to make a very default. So maybe we are just looking at a, a four three three wide with a with a, a DM in in midfield. Like a four two three one, 
4-2-3-1 I'd probably say he's, he's right. Depends really on... I think a DM if you're probably the slightly weaker team and maybe an attacking midfielder if you're the slightly stronger team. And a lot of teams in Germany tend to use like a 4-2-3-1 when they're doing that sort of pressing and counter-attacking play. Um, but in football manager, I think they both work well, as well as long as you've got the right roles in the middle. If you're going with a 4-2-3-1, you could even use one of your holding midfielders on a defending role. Um, so you can pick up the ball and, like you say, deep, have those wingers ready to to receive the ball and attack. Go on. I was going to say, I do, I do think, I say, I know we added the caveat of regardless of which way you you yeah. you see counter-attacking, but I think also depending on how you see that depends on how you would set up best. So naturally, if you are you are setting up like a lower lower block, for example, and trying to win the ball back um, <clears throat> deep in your own half with countering into the space left behind the opposition, you're obviously going to want to play with a, a formation that can be very narrow and compact. So something like a four four two, a la Burnley, for example, um, could be could be a prime example of playing that way. But then, likewise, you may not be better suited using a four two three one if you're playing that way because there's there's a like potential sort of potentially large distance between the midfield and the defence. Mm-hmm. So there's a huge chasm of space. Whereas the whole two banks of four thing with a with a deep four four two will work better for that. So I think it may depend on on your flavour of counter-attacking. And, and also, one thing I will say is, is a lot of the time I've referenced counter-attack and I'm talking about a long ball over the top and running onto it. That isn't the case. I mean, look, we, we, you referenced Sir Alex earlier uh, and you look at some of the goals that they scored on that counter-attack. Uh, in, against Arsenal in the Champions League, for example, it was a couple of quick passes. The pace was used. People were running with the ball, uh, and also Rooney scored a very good counter-attacking goal against uh, Bolton a, a while back, which was just again a tremendous move. Um, but it was the ball was ran, and the passes were five, six, seven yards. That isn't it wasn't just booted over the top. So as much as I'll sit here and say I like to play a long ball over the top and they chase, um, yeah, let's not get away from the fact that beautiful football counter-attacking can still be beautiful football. Well, Curti touched on sort of the right players being important uh, for a counter-attacking system to work. But is there a particular position? Like I know you said about the DM, Duke, depending on how you're setting up. But is there is there a particular position that you feel is like compl- like vital to have uh, a, a very good player in to be able to get the best out of a counter-attacking system? Somebody that can just put the ball in the net. It sounds stupid. It does sound stupid and it sounds very simple, but you could be very good at a counter-attacking and you could set a very good side and you you get the ball into the box for that, that striker to, to, to finish that incredible move and he can't finish his dinner or a bag of crisps, then simply like it, it just won't work and it will never be a good system. See, I would, I would uh, agree with, with, with what Duke was saying about the DM. If I'm setting up with, um, if I'm trying to absorb pressure and keep things narrow, um, because it, I mean, I would probably, I've been playing with a halfback with Blackburn Olympic in the, the games I've been playing in, and it serves as a, a great foundation to start a counter. And a lot of balls have been sprayed forward from, from there. Now, I'm obviously low down the, the footballing pyramid, so I, the quality isn't necessarily there. But having a player that's available to recycle the ball and then ping over the top to players waiting to, to counter quickly, particularly if you're playing playing a, like a deep a deep block, is pretty useful. I've found. Um, and also, if you are, you know, if you are playing deep, you need you need a defence capable of of absorbing all of that pressure um, because you're going to be getting a lot of it. Um, so I think having solid centre halves who are capable in the air to knock balls out, but also not going to get turned by by quick defenders. But then I'd also argue that maybe their uh, positioning and like their their match intelligence is arguably their most important trait there um so the concentration part because if you're going to be smashed for 89 minutes of a 90 minute game and it's that one minute that lets you down that it's all been for naught yeah i was gonna i was gonna say the halfback role is quite an intriguing one really because i don't think i recalled using it before on football manager um i think i said last week obviously when joe jumped to my stream and we sort of had a chat about the madrid tactic and stuff we he obviously recommended me implementing a, a halfback role and it's uh, it reminds me a little bit uh, 
you know, shock again of, of Ruben Neves at Wolves because I, I see it a lot on the match engine where because we actually play like two at the back, like two centre backs, the half back almost acts as a third centre half and obviously drops in and like picks up the ball and like you say can spray the ball out and start uh, start attacks and whatever. And that's sort of similar to what Ruben Neves does at times. He's sometimes level with the likes of Connor Cody and Willy Bolly and potentially even deeper sometimes. And with his range of passing and ability of passing, it starts off attacks so many times. And I actually did it at Inter as well when I had a ball-playing defender. I, I sort of looked at his traits, saw he had good passing, and, and looked at a trait to possibly, you know, to get it, him to switch the play to the opposite flank and stuff like that. Um, because I think for for stuff like counter-attacks, that can be so powerful. And we've spoken about traits before on, on, the, on the pod. And I think if you've got a, a quality fullback, a halfback, sorry, or quality ball playing defender uh, that has got good passing ability, I think that's another another positive towards a counter attacking system. In my um, in my AZ save, I had uh, so Coop Coop Miners was like a deep line playmaker, and he he likes to switch the ball to the flank and try long long range passes. Yeah. Um, whereas my striker Buadu used to like to try and beat the offside trap. So, the the two of the the combinations between between them, even though a lot of the time it was just a forty yard ball over the top because Buadi was so quick, was just a, a thing of beauty. So you you know we could we could sit back and absorb pressure, but as long as we got the ball to Coop, quite you know, his first look as soon as he received the ball would be, can I find Buadi? And it was so good to watch, so good to watch. The best thing about that, though, is though that you know in your system, you've got someone that's got a good passing and good traits, and you've got Boadu who almost, his traits sort of go hand in hand with that one. And when that actually comes off, that's like one of the best feelings in like watching the match engine, I think, like when a player pulls off stuff like that, and especially when you score off it as well. Well, it was it was so good that that's what I tried to replicate in the first stream of Showdown. Obviously, that went, <laughs> that went to shit. I tried to replicate it with Lorente, who's got similar traits to uh, Coop Miners. And Timo Werner because he's got bags of pace, but just yeah. didn't, didn't click. <laughs> so if we move on to pressing, which we we've sort of we've touched on, um, and and Kurtz was basically saying that we you kind of have to have it for it to get get things to work in FM, uh, which is perhaps a I guess very different to how it is in real life. I don't, um, I don't think it's a hundred percent necessary, but it's certainly. Seems to make things it's slightly just like easier, a, an easier path to winning. Yeah, I think it to I think work. so. I think so. But do, do you think? I mean, I know we're not trying to replicate things, but uh, we've mentioned Sir Alex already and his sort of his how his counter attacking. I think adapted throughout his his United career. Um, Joe's mentioned about the in in the show notes about the, the Tevez Rooney and Ronaldo trio uh, and how they countered, but were really more about making mistake or the opposition making mistakes and i think that's kind of how he uh, how he played when uh, like united in the 90s particularly had this supposed swashbuckling attacking style but really they were just rapid on the counter yeah uh, or you had gig, so gigs on one side and konchelskis on the other didn't you and it was just yeah and i think that with that like the you get this sort of almost mistaken identity really because they they never like charged at teams that like they looked rampant on the counter so in highlights packages they look like they're, they're they're never going to stop but the amount of games i'd watch where they were under the cosh for quite a lot and then would hit teams so fast on the counter after absorbing so much pressure well for a team that was so dominant dominant throughout that that period they never you know you never you very rarely saw them have like 60 percent possession in a game or anything like that you know it would, you know, it might go in their favour, but they would never dominate games in terms of possession. Um, they, you know, he he built such a good, def- oh, he he had such a good defence in that in the nineties, like with Bruce and Pallister, that he could afford they could afford to absorb as much pressure. And obviously, with Schmeichel behind him, I mean, Schmeichel probably won them two or three league titles. Um, he was he was so good, um, and then yeah, and then you had. Giggs on one side, Konchelskis on the other. I mean, it was just, they were set up for it. And obviously that was what Fergie's aim was. I think there are a lot of parallels between between that Ferguson's sort of 90s United side and also the Leicester side that won it, that Ranieri won, won the league with. They were very, very similar, very rarely won out possession, but were just 
ruthless on the counter. Um, Jose's Madrid were defensively solid, but would also press quite heavily in the opposition's half, um, trying to get sort of, wasn't Gegen pressing, but it was certainly, uh, they were certainly trying to get goal scoring opportunities high up the pitch. Uh, I think you compare the Real Madrid side to his Inter side, both, I mean, particularly in the in that Champions League winning side at Inter, you've got, uh, especially even, you know, the prime match example is when, the, when they went down to 10 and <laughs> shut everything off and it's just a case of if we get the chance, we're going. But at Real Madrid, I think the the quality of squad he had available plus Ronaldo uh, meant that he had a bit more freedom to implement uh, what he actually wanted and his his sort of almost like true vision of how he sees football, I mean, being pragmatic in defence, but then also have the ability to to be ruthless higher at the pitch and have players that had the engine and the the pace to be able to get beyond a, a sort of a, an opposition team once they'd uh, broken them with their press. It's different pressures as well, though different cultures. I think I don't think um, the Madrid fans would have accepted kind of the Inter style of play at Madrid. I mean, it wasn't that far, you know, before then that Capello got sacked for kind of implementing not not quite to the Inter extreme, but. He very much set up, you know, that hard-working midfield of, I think it was, was it Essien and Beckham? Um, and then kind of just let the flair players, the the wingers and, and Raul and whoever else he had up top, um, you know, do the, do their business. Um, but I don't, yeah, I don't think, I don't think Jose would have lasted very long had he, um, tried to, to, to set up the way he did it into. So Dupe said about having like a, a striker who can finish is, is key, especially when you're not maybe getting as many opportunities as you would if you were sort of aiming to sort of have the bulk of possession. Who do you think uh, has that in abundance? Who Who is going to be your clinical striker in this in this formation? Or I mean, what ro- are we going to... Are you going to rely on a poacher here? Or are you going to be able to team him up with someone? Are you affording like the the strike force to have two players? Well, one man, I would. I mean, I just, a player like Lewandowski would is 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 the sort of guy I would be be looking for. He's more. Would you say he's more of a complete forward? He does a bit of everything, doesn't he? Really, um, someone that you just know that you stick it on that five uh, that that five punts and he's going to stick it in the net. Um, but I, it's been very successful with two man strikers. Two man strikers, two two strikers. It's also like you said, you referenced the Leicester team. Jamie Vardy up top on his own, and he scores an abundance of goals. Um, but I think, I think it is all out down to what sort of strikers you have, to whether you can play alone or a, a, a two striker system. Vardy had that pace, he had that quality that he could do it. So you got away with that with him up top on his own. Um, but yeah, I mean, I haven't really answered your question, Matt, but that's, that's my <laughs> I- input. I've used two striker and one striker systems a lot. I think I think you have to look sometimes outside just the striker role in terms of your ability, your wingers and stuff like that, whether you use a winger or inside forward. The main reason I'm saying that is because predominantly I use like an advanced forward in, in like a pressing system with one striker and it worked quite well. But at times at Inter with Toporkovic, we could win games six or seven nil. And Toporkovic would only touch the ball three times. Like, he would score with every touch. He wouldn't pass the ball or anything. And the only reason I'm saying that was because if he didn't have the creativity around him, the chances are we'd struggle to win those sort of games. So I think you do have to look at other areas. I mean, a great world-class striker is, of course, going to help because he's going to score a lot more opportunities. But sometimes you do have to look at your wingers or your attacking midfielders as well to make sure they're the right roles and make sure they have the right uh, ability and stuff. But I've had the most success in advance forward. Pressing forward's been quite good for me as well this year. Um, and I know complete forwards with the right players, complete forward attack is quite a powerful role for... And I think in that sort of 4 2 3 one or 4 one 2 three systems that we've been talking about, I think a complete forward would probably work quite well to come deep, get the ball, try and play a bit of football. And Curti's referenced... Well, I say Curti. It's been mainly me who's been referencing Klopp. But you, you look at Liverpool's sort of success over the past few seasons. 
they haven't have had like an out and out striker as such. Yeah. Like Firmino's played quite a withdrawn role, and he's been almost like a he he's been pressing, but been pressing more the defensive midfield as if if the opposition's had one. And then it's been Mane and Sane that uh, that have have been getting the bulk of the goals. So what you're saying there, Dave, it doesn't have it have to be a striker at all. Yeah. Who it, I mean, they, the, I mean, their their attributes in football manager reflect how clinical like Mane's been, um, Salah's been. Sorry. Yeah. So it can as long as as long as they are the goals are coming from somewhere, and you've got someone who is clinical and getting that when they, you are getting those opportunities, it doesn't really matter, I guess, where they're placed. Which is kind of what you're saying there. Yeah, and like I've been using a false nine quite a lot, and I think. Um, Whenever I search for players with good attributes of false nine, a lot of the times it does come up like you central midfielders and attacking midfielders. So I think you could almost play that sort of shadow striker false nine role, and you could actually have an attacking midfielder in there rather than a striker. And like you say, use that person in the middle to link up with inside forwards or inverted wingers or wingers to sort of cut in and and score the goals. Like you say, that's, that's what Firmino does a lot of for Liverpool. So I guess the the big thing here, if we are building this tactic, is we need to think about sort of the important team instructions for a countering system. Now, I know we've sort of spoken about different flavours of counter-attacking, but what team instructions do you think are a shoe-in for, for everything regardless? Counter-press. <laughs> <laughs> we go back round, we've gone yeah. full circle. <laughs> um, if, if we're playing proper counter-attacking, I'd probably say lower, lower defensive line and probably lower line of engagement. Um that just to generate a bit more space behind the back line, Dave, to, to counter into. Yeah, yeah. I think it, to try and get everyone as close. I think with a counter system, you want to try and get everyone almost, if you've got a lower line of engagement and a lower defensive line, the team's almost quite a bit closer together. I think like Curti, though, if you've got someone like Boadi who's got those traits as well, I think that could be useful. If you've got almost traits that can suit your system and suit your players, that could work well. Because if you can imagine... You'll sit, if you you sit deeper, more than likely the other team are going to push a bit higher. Um, so if you've got Boadu as well on the on the last man trying to beat the offside trap, if he breaks away as soon as you get the ball on a counter, then I think I think you're laughing. But yeah, I'd say if if we're going for that sort of proper traditional counter attack, I think deep defensive line at, at least. Uh, you counter press, you counter. Um, what about what about sort of passing length and also distribution of of passing? Are we going to be focusing? Like, I, I guess it depend. It harks back to what we were saying about sort of like the the ideal shape. But um, are you going to focus? Are you going to try and stretch play uh, by by going direct and pumping it up to someone or pumping it wide or maybe um, even th- are you because you're going to be playing quite narrow initially in your defensive. Line up if we are going for a sort of a more traditional low block you, because you're going to be this compact space. Are you going to have enough time in that transition to get as wide as you want? I guess I'm asking all kinds of questions <laughs> without really sort of I'd, putting I'd, in any form of I'd, structure. But I would say the only way you need to focus is is solely on. You can only kind of pick which way you're going to play that via by the team or the guys you've got stood in front of you. Because as much as I can say to you, okay, we're gonna, I'm going to go counter attacking, but I'm going to play long ball. And the best person I've got for passing's got eleven passing, and we've got we've got the pace of four up top. It would be pointless. Um, so if we were going to go counter counter attacking, we'd have to go with a completely different way of playing it. So yeah, I appreciate what you're getting at, but I would say the only way you can do that is by what is in front of you. I, I agree with that, but at the same time, direct. I don't know because if you want to play, if you want to play shorter passing. Ideally, you'd probably need someone with better technicals, right? But you've sort of thrown me a little bit because I would have probably said, the like, if you've got better technicals, play short passing, and if you don't, play direct. But then what you've said sort of makes sense as well. If you've got crap passes and no one with pace, you probably aren't going to play direct, are you? But so then I, think I would it's say that if you're, like, if, you're putting up a t- if you're setting up a team purposely, like you're, so you've, you've come into a team and you've decided that we're playing counter-attacking football, you would recruit to fit that tactic. Yeah, exactly. So, like, like I, although though it is possible if you're trying to implement like this tactic from, from like with what you've got at the club and you have inherited slow strikers and awful passers, you would probably be you should be rethinking what you're doing and transition to more of a counter-attacking style once you have the personnel available yeah. because you're just not going to get the best out of that tactic because it's just not going to work. I think you need 
if you, especially if you are playing the the, the more traditional counter attackers, we keep on saying, I think fast players up front or who are going to be making the runs in behind once you've made the space and someone who can find them is is going to be key there. So one last question then, uh, because we've some of the other questions we did sort of put together were: Could a big club and uh, can you be a big club and play counter attacking football? And I think we kind of have answered that sort of in a roundabout way of using multiple examples of big teams using counter-attacking football. So I think we sort of, throughout all of this entire section, we've answered that. But one question I did want to ask others is, playmakers, in a counter-attacking setup, are you using one or not? Maximum one. Hmm. Maximum one. You know, Can you explain the, why? Because... You, because your team, well, the, the playmaker's teammates will naturally look to give the ball to the playmaker um, and he will often slow play down. And if you're trying to play a counter-attacking system, it can often um, com- conflict with that mentality. So um, I I certainly wouldn't load the team full of playmakers if you're looking to get the ball forward very, very quickly. Lovely. Everyone else in agreement? Because I certainly am. That would pretty much my perfect yeah, answer. I would have said the same, yeah. Lovely. Right, well, shall we build this uh, five-star pod t- counter-attacking tactic and put it up for download? I think we should. Um, but if you are in agreement, let us know on Twitter, and it could possibly be made a thing. Um, Mr. Dupe, I think it's you with your quiz, son. It's time for the quiz. Okay, so we, you know me, we've got a different quiz this week. Um, this isn't your 10 question. There is no Viking Dan. Uh, we got some great feedback last week about the community facts and involving the community members. One thing we didn't do is we didn't involve you guys. So this week, I would like to involve you guys, if that's okay. I've asked you all to give me two facts. Uh, and basically what I'm going to do is I'm going to give a fact out to the group. And you have to decide whose fact that is. Now, obviously, you know the answer. One of you knows the answer anyway. If you can convince the others that it's not your fact, it's somebody else's fact, and the majority goes with the not you, you get the point. Simple. It <laughs> sounds simple, but it's not as simple, but it sounds simple. First and foremost, okay, we're going to go start from number one. I don't know how this is going to go, but we'll go. It's not. We, won't, we don't need too much time, but hopefully this, uh, this will work. So fact number one for one of you four. I once had a piss standing next to Tyrone Mings. That's got to be Joe. 100% Joe. <laughs> yeah, me and Tyrone, we hang out all the time. <laughs> he used to play Ipswich, and that's your neck of the woods, so 100% Joe. Ipswich? I live in Essex, mate. Yeah, but you're on, always on about Ipswich, so uh, I think it's Joe. Oh, I think yeah. that's... I was going to have... say Joe or Dave with that one. 100% Dave, Dave, oh. Dave loves shouting about people he hasn't. Or he has uh, famous people he's been seen with. He come on the defensive oh, there, didn't he? Because yeah. soon as Tyrone Mings has played for Villa, exactly. He's neck of the woods. <laughs> no, Joe has always spoken to me about Mick McCarthy when he was at Ipswich and some sort of yeah, ties with him. At, at, yeah, you were at like an award ceremony with McCarthy, and he used to rave about Tyrone Mings. No, he didn't. Hundred percent, you. Johnny Williams is the story. Uh, well, say uh, Tyra Mings. Little little bit of me wants to flip the switch and say nerd. Oh, this is a good he, game. I like. There's this. no way. There's no way he's pissing anywhere public. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Not without a knife and fork, anyway. I don't know how that works, but <laughs> <laughs> burgers and pizzas. Where'd you go? Where did you go piece. to uni, nerd? Not in Birmingham. In Manchester, wasn't it? You you went. Was okay, it Manchester. We... <laughs> We do have eight facts. Tyrone Mings, uh, he, he has played for Manchester United. He hasn't. That's a lie. That's not part of the game, but I just wanted to <laughs> stir up a bit. Um, so, yes, Dave come very much out of the defensive. Nerd was very quiet during all of that. Um, I think we just go around the room and find out who you think it is. And then the majority, we go with so, the majority. So it's got to be at least... Yeah, okay. So. Well, it's, hasn't it got to be a, like... A, well, you just got to have a consensus... Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll reveal who it might have been. Yes. Yeah. Go for, I'm, I'm going for Dave as well. Ooh. Joe. Joe and Dave. Okay, so Curtie, 
whose side do you want to be on? So what happens if I say nerd and it's Dave? Does he still get? A, he doesn't get a point. No. He still gets no, a point know. because uh, the majority have gone with. No, he won't. No, because he's no, the majority's gone with Dave. Two, <laughs> Dave's got two, so. Mm, but then there's no... Uh, I'm going to say Joe, then. Okay. <laughs> Just to confuse it. So we got two points... For, uh, two for, uh, people say Joe, two people say Dave. So we're going to split it. We've gone with both answers. You've kind of cheated me here a little bit. It was... Actually, let the person tell you whose fact it was. Whose fact was it? I pissed next to Frank Newble. Yeah, I told you, man. I knew. <laughs> I knew. Frank Newble. <laughs> so, he didn't even so, read the whole thing out. I didn't uh, read the whole thing out. said I was, so, I was having a piss in the middle. Trough. Well, Frank, I, I didn't know how to, 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 to pronounce Frank Newble one side and Tyrone Mings the other side. <laughs> so, so, Joe, you don't get a point, obviously, because they did somehow guess it was you. Um, so that's... Anyway. Uh, okay, fact number two. I once, you're going to need uh, the beep. Should I put the beep in? I once wrote the word that spanned the length of a uh, the length and width of an entire football pitch in the snow. Oh, I've heard this story. It was what? nerd. It was nerd. So basically, what? this person wrote the uh, wrote the I'm word. I'm sure this is nerd. In a, on a football pitch, the entire width and the entire length. That's what it sounds like something nerd would do as well. I, um, I what, go think... outside. Yeah. <laughs> the fuck are you doing it with? I think it's nerd. A rake. I've got a funny it, feeling I've heard this before. I mean, he's not said a word, so I think it's nerd <laughs> as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's poker face it's, it's, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter when you've all said me, does it? Yeah, so it's yeah. definitely not dope because he couldn't yeah. spell it. <laughs> uh, none of the facts are mine, so I'm just saying that. Oh, Knew it. Okay, so uh, are, are we all saying nerd? Is that the yeah. is that the what everyone's saying? Could the real slim shady please stand up? I'm not slim, but I'm not shady either. Or you are um, shady, but yeah, it was me. Okay. Uh, do you want the story behind it, or, or no. rather, on, yeah. how no one I did asked, it, mate? No one, no one asked. asked. <laughs> <laughs> I did. <laughs> okay, fact. The next fact coming up is. <clears throat> I once got kicked out of my local nightclub because I fell asleep on their terrace. Okay. Yeah, it's got to be. <laughs> Sounds like a very Tory thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be me. Old man. Fall asleep. It definitely ain't me. So I would yeah. definitely pick me because I've done it. I would, say Kurt, terrace. Or, I would say Kurt or Joe. Cause I've Joe's done it. It ain't me. <laughs> I'm saying this it's Dave. Oh, nah. Kurt it's got to be your defense. It's Joe or Kurt. I'm going with mm. I've seen Dave drink. I'm, I, I wouldn't put it past him to fall asleep. I could fall asleep oh, I anywhere, ideas. but I guarantee yeah. this was not me. Okay, so Joe, who are you saying? You saying Curty? Or are you saying okay. you're going Curty? Nerd? Curty. Dave with the deciding factor here. I'm Curty. not even gonna let Curty speak. So there's three Curty. points to Curty. So Curty doesn't really matter what you say. <laughs> um apart from this next statement, when you agree it's yours. Can the the person whose fact this is Please stand forward. I once fell asleep in my no <laughs> local nightclub terrace. Go Mr. Azapardo. What was that? Nappy night. <laughs> yeah. Interestingly, I've done that as well. Yeah. Me too. I remember. Yeah, I was very. I couldn't think of any good facts. I was drunk, and then all of a sudden, I just looked up and three bounces. Like, oh shit. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> One of them. Okay, yeah. so the next fact. So, Dave, you're currently winning this, okay? So, the next fact is. Frank Bruno calls my dad, dad. Frank Bruno calls my dad, dad. <laughs> Frank Bruno. Was he a boxer, right? Oh, I <laughs> no, he used to play <laughs> tennis. All oh, right, okay. I like, that's a good tactic, Dave. I like that. Oh, he plays, he plays water polo, does he? Oh, I guess. Who the fuck he is? He used to play oh, for Wolves. Know. This is actually quite hard. Frank Bruno from That's the what Wimbledon. she said. Never. Curtie <laughs> oh, or Joe? That, no, no, I, I'm saying this is nerd. Because he lives in Bedfordshire. <laughs> but I don't live in Bedfordshire. No, but... Frank Bruno. Your parents you once, you once drove through it. <laughs> hmm... In 2017, he moved into he moved to Leighton Buzzard in Bedfordshire. 
I mean, this is the content people subscribe for, right? So, <laughs> I, I don't know. Get you to know. know it could be all. I thought it was. I was going to say Kurt or Joe. I was. Gonna, I, I think it could be all three of you. Like, it, it, there's shouts for all of it. I feel like. Oh, I don't know. I'm going Dave. I'm, I'm, I'm voting nerd. Okay. We've got Dave and a nerd. Who said me? Me. I reckon Curtie for what this. What is Frank Bruno oh, called? Okay, okay. Hang, hang on, hang on then. Hang on then. So, we've got one for everyone. He could have had a fireplace fit, couldn't he? So. Oh, that's that's good as well. Why the fuck yeah. would Frank Bruno have a fireplace on me? Sure, you're dead, you're dead, you're, Your dad's probably fitted fireplaces to famous people, isn't he? Yeah, but too fact yeah. he would want a good fireplace, so why would he go to Dave's? Hunter Herald. Right, so Susie Dave, Kerry. who is your vote with? Where are you going? So we've got one for Curtie, one for Nerd, and one for you. Oh, I want to say Curtie, but the fact he researched it's a terrible it. Terrible shout. It's a terrible shout. Me. I'm going to go Nerd. I'm going to go Nerd. You're going to go Nerd. So we've got two votes for Nerd, one okay. for Curtie, one for Dave. So if Nerd, if uh, if this is your fact, you obviously won't win a point. Anybody else will win a point. Could the real Frank Bruno's son stand up and tell us, please? He may have moved to Bedfordshire oh, in 2017, <laughs> but previous to that, he used to live in Stondon Massey. And when my dad used to fix all his quads and we used to pick them up, he used to call my dad dad. Tremendous and fact he... there. Tremendous oh, fact no. there. Okay, so I'm, uh, that's a great fact, Joe. I like that one. Okay, so um, this person on the panel once saw Jeremy Beadle. <laughs> I, I don't need to say anymore, right? Fall over naked in a changing room after a charity golf day. Okay. That's got to be Curtis. Jeremy Beadle. And if he didn't I mean, have his camera out of time, he's 250 quid liar. Jeremy Beadle. Pictures or it never happened. I mean, that was a very quick response from all of you. You may have. You may have uh, misread this. Uh, would anyone like to step forward and tell us? I'm, who I'm their saying, question is? I'm, I'm saying nerd. But when nerds back you, I can he plays golf. <laughs> yeah, but it right. used to be good. Maybe he got injured playing golf. Maybe, maybe that's where I it all started. Curtie. Dave saying Curtie. Curtie said nerd. Where's nerd going? He looks angry. Curtie. Two votes for Curtie. One for nerd. It's down to Joe. Curtie. And whose fact was it? Uh, yeah, I did see Jeremy <laughs> fall over naked in sunny at Sunningdale uh, changing rooms after a slip, uh, charity golf day. Someone Tremendous. did actually shout, "Oh, we should have my camera." Can he won two hundred and fifty quid? <laughs> no one helped him up. No one helped yeah. him up. Okay, right. So uh, this next fact, I will need to tell the viewers at home or the listeners, I should say, if you are. With young children, it might be best to remove them from the room because um, this is slightly Dave. disgusting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I once drunk my own piss after drunk, uh, drunkly pouring a glass of water on the floor and pissing in the glass because I couldn't be bothered to get up to go for the loo. In the morning, I'd forgotten I'd done this and took a couple of massive gulps of piss. I am horrified of this fact, by the got way. Why the I've got way. five bathrooms in this house? Why the fuck would I have to piss in a glass? Alright. Right, break. Nerd. <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, it's nice no to know your dad's oh. doing well. Yeah. <laughs> nerd. Was, was Nerd a bit of a drink monster at uni? Oh, good shout. Yeah. He, I he's reckon had a, he was... he's had a bad back and couldn't get up. <laughs> Couldn't get what up. Oh. Um, right. He's <laughs> fixed that. <laughs> so we right. got, we got. I'm going. I'm going. Ner I'm going nerd. Actually, I'm going nerd. nerd. He looks. He's, he looks suspicious here. He's been quiet. <laughs> suspicious. He's been in a lot going, as well. I'm going nerd. But if it's Dave, I'm telling his mum. Okay. <laughs> I'm going nerd as well. Oh, we got free for nerd. It does not matter what you say, nerd. Okay. Okay. So. I am absolutely horrified and I'm going to delete, I'm going to block you on Twitter for this, but could the real fact teller, no, the, the person that drunk their own piss, please stand up, nerd. I once drunk my own piss. 
after getting very drunk, saying in a B and B. Your face poured is myself, amazing. Poured myself a glass of water. No, why didn't be you defend to get up this? To the loo, pissed in the glass, and then forgot about it. Nerd, why did you not defend that? It's more fun. Oh my, <laughs> <word>. terrible. <laughs> Fuck it now. But I, I didn't. It is disgusting. Oh, man. That's, br- that's tremendous from you, son. That's oh, awful. In my bottle. <laughs> that's awful. Okay, so the next fact is I once stayed in the same hotel as Brad Pitt and Steven Spielberg. And Brad Pitt oh, walked past me David in the hotel Pitt. reception and he said to me, nice haircut, son. He didn't say that, that's, I lied. That's, that's got to be Dave all over, regardless of haircut comment. Humble Branks about celebrities. It's, oh, I think that's Kurt. It's, it's Kurt a Davison. Kurt or Joe. I think it's, a, yeah, it's Joe or Nerd, I think. 100% not me. I don't even know what Steven Spielberg looks like. <laughs> to be fair, I don't even know how to spell his name, so. Mm. I'm going Nerd. Yeah, I'm going to go Nerd as well. He wouldn't have said good haircut, though. It's true. He didn't. I just, yeah. I just added that in just to try and mix things up because the fact was quite actually quite dull. I'm going, yeah, nerd. I'm going nerd. Nerd. It's free for nerd. Are you, you saying nerd I'll again? I'll Joe? Dave. But... So we got one for Dave, two for nerd. Joe, what was your last one? Did you yeah, say I'll, nerd? I'll go nerd. You're going nerd. chocolate though, so it could be Dave, but yeah, I'll go nerd. <laughs> <laughs> so the person that actually walked past Brad Pitt was I once walked past Brad Pitt as I stayed in the same hotel as him and Steven Spielberg chocolate yeah <laughs> gave it away as all the haircut comment I, I did as well away. I wanted to make yeah. it interesting for a tie break but you lot fucked that up didn't you okay so the last one is this I once did a, a one I once won a fancy dress competition dressed up as Freddie Mercury that's got Curry written all over it, if you ask me. But that's got that's got Joe written all over it. <laughs> to be fair, Curry's definitely done this. It's Joe. <laughs> Curry likes the role play, so yeah, I can going, vouch for that. I'm going uh, this is, as well. this is Joe. This is so Joe. Okay, so Curry's gone. Joe, nerd's gone. Where? I'm going, Curty. Curty, oh, Dave, where are you going? So not me. It's not uh, me. Joe. Joe, there's two for Joe. Joe, where are you going? I'm I'm more likely to dress up as kind of Fred and Mae West than Fred and Mae <laughs> <laughs> What, both at the same time? Hey, hang on. I need my I mean, patio, Darren. Could you Halloween. help me? Jesus. I did see Harold Chipman at the Bundesliga as well. Which is yeah, I saw fun. that as well. <laughs> <laughs> so where are you going, Joe? Oh, Curtie dresses up, doesn't he? So I'm going to say Curtie. Okay, so that's three. Is that three votes for Curtie? No, I vote. Uh, yeah, no. me and me and no. Kurti voted Joe. Okay, so it's two for Joe. Unlucky. Two for Kurti, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is nerd, so, isn't it? This is so who nerd. is the Freddie <laughs> oh, Mercury man. wannabe? Fuck his fucking nerd. Well, I once won a fancy dress competition <laughs> dressed as Freddie Mercury. Like, literally, we had two each, and that was the last one. He was, he's only <laughs> I, one I, I can remember if it was Joe or nerd. <laughs> Oh, we had Tyro Mings and Brute. Okay. I didn't keep track, subject. Okay, so in a joint second place, Nerd, Joe and Kurt, you all got rid of... You, you managed to lie about one fact, but as a party, yes. Chocolate himself managed to get through and lie about both of his facts. So, Dave is to this like week's quiz winner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, say goodbye, folks. <laughs> if, uh, would, you, would I lie to you? Want to get in touch? Uh, can email me. Business uh, email is in my Twitter bio. That bodes well for relationships, Dave. Or, is, or it's a lie. Hi, <laughs> <I> Lib. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for the effort on that, Mr. Dupe. It was... I mean, you did a bit of uh, diversion as well with your your baiting little introductions, mm. but masterful. Go make it interesting, mate. Yeah, can, you, can you tell us two facts about yourself right now? Yes, um, I want to my... help Paolo Di Canio put a sofa in the back of his car. I'm <laughs> sorry. I wanted to give you. I was going to give you. Do you know what? On that note, you can. I'm not having this. Um, were, you no, with, I... were you in a Harry Potter film, dude? Or you told me that once before, and I thought <laughs> you were in a Harry Potter film. <laughs> he told me that once before, like as a fact. 
I never believe a word that guy says. So basically, what happened was like, um, at the start, when me and Dave started chatting to each other, I just used to see how far I could push him that he'd believe me. I told him I uh, I was once in a Harry Potter film. I wasn't in a Harry Potter film. Oh, um, I, I, worked, still, I still believe that I for did, the last six years. I actually worked on the Harry Potter Museum, um, fitting the sprinkler systems into each <laughs> set. So it's not actually that interesting. Some interesting facts about me. I once broke my collarbone trying to do a backflip on roller skates to impress a female. Safe no to say... Asked. She wasn't. Fe- she wasn't female. She wasn't interested. Um, and that's probably my only good fact, really. Cold asked. Does that bring episode one hundred and forty-six to a close, Doop? Does so that, it. That... So it fucking does, Matt. <laughs> Marvelous. Right. You can find the links for each of us, the Five Star Pod Twitter account, and Weestream FM Discord server in the podcast description, or by visiting WeestreamFM.com, where you can also find the blogs that have been released this past week. Five Star Potential is available on iTunes, Spotify, and most other popular podcast apps and platforms with a new podcast released every Monday. Thank you all for listening. There will be more from us next week. Say goodbye, gentlemen. Goodbye, gentlemen. Bye.